Hello and welcome to the first ever Unwanted Opinions podcast. I'm your host, Lewis Gibson, and I'm joined here with my good friend, Kyle. Hi there. And my other wonderful friend, uh, Gonzalo. Hi there. So, how are you guys doing? Good, yeah, yeah, like I, yeah. I was saying, um, a bit of a struggle getting the podcast up and going, uh, yeah. taking about an hour to get this started. Oh. Technical difficulties, host difficulties. <laughs> Everything difficulties. It's um, the first episode, it's always a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> it's always going to be a struggle. But for the first episode, I thought it would be great to cover hmm? uh, the Oscars. Yeah, well, the okay. nominations only came out two weeks ago. Yeah. Who scored the last week? I can't remember. I can't even remember. Time's gone. Time when is, is the flying actual by. event this year? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we need to go over all these all these nominations, all the yeah. Best Picture nominations. Yeah. Um, we'll cover most categories. Most categories. Well, the major ones. Yeah. Mm. And not, uh, not saying that the other categories aren't good enough. But <laughs> no. So the so first... Much, so much time. So the first half, we're going to go over... The best picture category, the most important category, of course. Yeah. And then we're going to run down nine of the other major categories that we all kind of care about. And then afterwards, in the second half of the show, I think we're, we're going to go over our own personal picks of the best of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. That's a year fantastic. Sort of thing. A year in review. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So we'll start with best picture then. Yes, yeah. of course. Uh, so this year, they did take up all 10 slots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was surprised they did, actually. Uh, you know, there was a quite... Uh, Quite a few out there. Um, what do we? Well, I'll. How about I start by listing all ten yeah. off, okay. and then you can kind of just go for a discussion. So the ten uh, movies that got nominated for best picture are Coda, mm-hmm. Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, June, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Yeah. Overall, uh, a good selection there. Yeah, it's better than some other year. A lot of variety. Say, um, I'm not going to say I'm a fan of all of them. No, we are definitely going <laughs> to... You've got pals, right? There's a, there's a in there. Yeah. You've got, you've got like the classics, mm. like, a, like a good classic biopic, King mm. Richard. Yeah. You've also got like a sci-fi epic like June. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's actually kind of the first thing. Good thing you pointed that out, actually, because that's what I was going to say. Um, mm. I think that's the first time in a long time there's actually a really big variety in genre and different yeah. types of films. Even um, in directors. I think they've done it, sorry? Even directors, yeah, directors like well. the ethnic yeah, background directors, of yeah, directors. Of course, yeah. it's like... um, they've actually done a good job of covering a bunch of genres yeah. and just kind of like mixing it up instead of just the old kind of Oscar bait stuff, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll just kind of jump right in. But anyway, we'll start with Gonfalo because you've seen the least of these, haven't you? Yes, I've managed to see two of them. One of them actually in cinemas. The other one binge-watched it real quick before the show. Uh so, do you want to give us one and to kind of just cover the discussion? Yeah, okay. Let's start with the one that most of our listeners will probably have seen, which is uh, Villeneuve's Dune. Good uh, one. That's true. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's kind of like not really a typical Oscar movie, let's face it. It's a, it's mm. a sci-fi epic. Uh, it's, it's, but the way Villeneuve directs is always very kind of like grounded and dramatic and big and, uh, you know, it's, it's very Oscar-y, so I understand why it's there, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are you guys' opinions about like the film? What did you guys think? Okay, you want to go first? I mean, we didn't see Jin together, did we? No, we didn't. We no, didn't know, uh, we were meant to. 
Hmm. Oh, that's true. But then but you, I, had, I, you I, had uni or something. Uh, yeah, I loved Dune. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I have seen the original... Um, yeah, the 80s one. 80s one. Yeah. Yeah, cult classic. Yeah, cult classic. <laughs> uh, and oh my God, this one did better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could only really go up from yeah. Dune, from the, the, the 80s yeah. one. You've read the book as well, haven't you? I have, yeah. I, well, I listened and read it because they've got they've made up a lot of words in that. <laughs> yes, but no, the the film, the, the the first thing I take away from it, and especially my dad takes away from it because he's hmm. a huge Dune fan, is the sound. Yes, which we'll get on to obviously, but it's obviously nominated as well. Yeah, for best sound. Oh, sound design. Everything about that film, just the visuals, mm-hmm. the storytelling. I mean, I was a bit confused why. They didn't just announce it was a part one the entire time. Yeah, yeah, they hid it. It was very yeah. strange mm-hmm. why they would hide that. I, it was when the title came up. It was like mm. boom, June part one. The part one comes yeah. in and like disappears in a second. It's yeah, like, oh, yeah, June yeah, part yeah. one. Honestly, my brother that watched the entire movie and was shocked when it ended. Uh, he didn't mm-hmm. even see the part one when the title came up. And again, <laughs> it was they, so quick. Yeah, it was so quick, and they hid it mm. throughout all of the material. I thought it was just me who was dumb and hadn't noticed. Uh, then mm-hmm. I realized, no, they just never mentioned it was a part one. I think they might have been scared that if it was a part one, the the number of people going to see it might have been worse. With like the pandemic and everything, you know, it's already like a struggle to get people in cinema. So maybe That's it was true. like a studio decision. Kind of surprising that it was, well, made as much money as it did during yeah. the time it was released. Yeah. Especially that it was also released for free in America if you had uh, HBO, HBO Max subscription. Yeah. 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 But yeah. All I can say is when, when me and my dad came out of the future, mm-hmm. Hmm. We say to each other that one, it's gonna grab so much to the Oscars. We, yeah, we, we really well. I thought just right. the visuals. I thought mainly for me, I wasn't thinking best picture. I was yeah. thinking yeah. Uh, sets, mm-hmm. costumes, yeah, yeah. sound, score, that kind of thing. To be honest, I was very, very surprised when it got best picture nomination. Yeah, yeah. yeah actually, yeah, well, too. it's funny that you say that because I didn't think it would get much Oscar recognition. I thought really? it would, no. I thought obviously it would get nominations and awards on the technical stuff that's what i thought really... I, I thought technical i wasn't thinking like yeah. acting or like best picture mm. like at all yeah. or even a screenplay one i didn't think yeah. i would get that either but um mm. i thought it'd be kind of like the blade runner 2049 again of this yeah. year because Villeneuve yeah. did did that and that got completely snubbed at the oscars snubbed, that yeah. didn't get a nomination yeah. in best picture or screenplay or anything like that yeah. but they recognized the, this film at least Maybe not his own talents, but we'll get onto that. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, I've already made a top 10 list of 2021. June was my number seven. I yeah. thought it was just a brilliant sci fi epic. Okay. You know, something. But that... not traditional sci fi. No, 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 hard no, sci fi. Yeah, yeah, it's not. very much a political religion story. Yes, yeah, yeah. In space. Which is why it is the kind of sci-fi it. that that I like because that's the, the reason yeah. sci-fi it, what sci-fi is good at is just like taking issues from our day and our lives and just putting them somewhere else in order to analyze them through like a a, a, north, a different lens you know that's basically what what it does best and that's like you say Kyle it's a very like religious and political kind of film mm-hmm. a lot of but, yeah yeah the last thing I'm going to say on it before we move to the second yeah. one is. I wouldn't be surprised if not everybody loves it. No. Because no. it's not traditional sci-fi. Because mm-hmm. uh, people might go in expecting mm-hmm. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. No, you're not going to get that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Lewis, you wanted to choose... Oh, what should we do next? <laughs> um, I guess let's just go with Coda. Okay. <laughs> have you seen... You haven't seen Coda. I have not seen Coda. 
Uh, so haven't even Koda seen the trailer for, of Coda. Yeah, so Coda for everybody uh, who yeah. listeners haven't seen it. Well, Coda first of all stands for Child of Deaf Adult, mm-hmm. okay. and it's an Apple TV exclusive. Mm-hmm. And the basic premise is that you have the main character whose name can't remember, possibly Ruby. I think it's Ruby. I think it's Ruby. She is in a family of four, and her mum, dad, and older brother are all deaf, and mm-hmm. she was the only one born with hearing. Mm-hmm. Now, the the general premise is that her dad and brother work in a fishing. Uh, trawler sort of thing yeah. she's out there every morning helping because she's the one who can communicate uh, she's the one who can hear the radio but long ago she discovers a passion for singing yeah and you know the hardships of her trying to pursue pursue a career or or a, you know going to college with singing over the hardships of dealing with her family who can't hear yeah and um i only watched this about a week ago hmm. and lewis had been Typing up's not the word. Well, uh, we'll get into we'll get into <laughs> yeah. my reasons in a second. <laughs> yeah. Overall, Lewis, what do you think about Coda? <laughs> right. So every year there's a, I reckon right every year there's a film that comes out that grabs critics and audiences and does really well in in terms of all the buzz and people are really raving about a certain film and then me personally. I watch it and I go, I don't see it. Hmm. And Coda is one hundred percent that film this year. Yeah. Okay. Coda, I don't I just don't get it. Yeah. It's just such a middling just there's a it's so average. Yeah, there's it's also a, to there's also a very good thing because Lewis messaged me before I saw it and went, Tell me what you think. Cause he'd been holding back a description of yeah. Coda for yeah. a while. And then 40 minutes into the film, and it's only about an hour 50, <laughs> I messaged Lewis and went, why does this feel like High School Musical but revamped to try yeah. and be an Oscar film? Yeah, and yeah, he, he went back with, that's exactly what I was wanting it's to say to you. It, that's okay. what it is. It okay. feels like a 2000s Disney film. Mm. And it just, it's, it's so frustrating. And it, mainly the frustration comes from the characters. I think the the family hmm. they're all doing a good job I have to, I have acting to admit, wise, yes they yes, are they're all doing yeah it's the writing the family it's the writing it's just so infuriating and selfish and unlikable oh okay Did you don't feel that way Kelly? oh no no think? definitely I mean mm. mainly mm. um the mother yes mm. the mother mm. the best member of that family mm. I think was the older brother the brother was actually really good and he's but this is actually another problem with it I know that I've, <laughs> I've just thought of it because <laughs> there's a great scene between the brother and Ruby. Yeah. In which there is a, a revelation sort of uh, of why he's frustrated with her. Yeah. And then immediately in the next scene, it just forgets that happened and we move on with the film. Is this in the mm. later part of the film? It's on the beach. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, so exactly. It's really, it's just, they do these things and the whole point is to kind of show how isolated the deaf community is yeah. and how, um, I guess, they just kind of, they are they're lonely and they have to i guess mm. have their own personal struggles and they can't communicate with everyone and yeah. that is a frustrating thing in life yeah, and obviously course. they're dealing with um what do we do if our daughter goes away to university like yeah. what are we going to do how are we going to communicate with this town but it just doesn't really demonstrate that in a very convincing way mm. it's, it's it's a very mm. average film yes yeah i could see why if if, if that's your kind of film mm-hmm. like a like a nice, simple drama, yeah. you know, uh, struggling people and revelations. I can see why people mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. 
kind of glad I, I didn't watch it honestly. Of it. Yeah, yeah, I appreciated parts of it. Yeah, I I'll say the last third is actually quite good. Yeah. Oh yeah, I get. I guess I think they they use the they use their sound well, hmm. and they. That's the thing really I wanted to ask about because, like, if it's a film about uh, being deaf, like, did they do mm. anything interesting with the sound design? Well, there's, 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 there's one, one scene. scene. Yeah. There's one scene where yeah, okay. they mute everything mm. to give you the appreciation, and it's when the daughter is singing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So to give you the understand that the, the parents are kind of looking around, and seeing everybody mm. else's reactions to their mm. daughter singing, mm-hmm. and they're they can't actually hear together. her. Yeah, because uh, like they're again, to piece the premise. If their daughter's good or not. The yeah. premise sounds really good. The idea mm. of like them trying to be supportive of her, but not being able to oh, even they're appreciate. They're not really supportive. No, that's, that's the oh, main. Okay. It, okay. Is, it is an adapted. It is adapted of the French version. Uh-huh. Where when I kind of did some. Oh, uh, is the French movie better? IDB, it probably is. A lot. Yeah, a lot of the people who reviewed this one saying that the French one was far superior. I mean, that's happened a lot, hasn't it, though? <laughs> I mean, it, is, it yeah, wouldn't be the first time, would it? What was uh, that called again? It's an adaption of The Untouchables. Yeah, but I can't remember what oh, they, yeah, they, they did. Kevin Hart and Brian. <gasps> yeah. Wait, uh, yeah, they did. Anyway, they did an adaption as well of like the French tourist or or someone something like the the really bad one American, about Venice. American oh. just like to adapt things. And I don't. Yeah, I don't I'm, understand I just, that. That's just weird to me. Just to kind of finish off with the, the yeah. character thing, hmm. there is a really, it's, I would say it's quite manipulative actually, the way they kind of yeah. do the selfish parents thing. Yeah. Because they make it so, like they say a line, um, oh, what if she's terrible? Yeah. Or something along those lines. What it's if not, can't it's not my favourite line in the film. What, what are you talking about? My favourite line is, is when the, the, the oh. Ruby, Ruby says to her mum, yeah. I, I like to sing. Mm. And then her mum turns around and goes, if I was blind would you like to paint and i was, I was just that's, that's a bit like gino on this morning holy how are you supposed yeah. to like the mother after that i mean that's something you exactly. think but not something you no, say that's the point they make them personally stupid i guess they kind of like yeah. they don't consider the fact that oh my my daughter's singing or so she has a vocal it's coach. so they concentrate There's... more on the fact that they're deaf than the fact that they're her parents Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly it. That happens a lot, honestly, with the kind of Oscar Beatty movies where they just mm-hmm. use uh, disabilities or, or or just some sort of like racial kind of difference and stuff to try to like create conflict. Where like they focus more on the fact that they are different rather than the mm-hmm. fact that they're human beings. So you get non-characters where their only characteristic is their disability or like racial minority status. Yeah, I don't love it when no, that yeah, happens. Uh, there's definitely Oscar films in the past that have done that, and this yeah. kind of fits that mold, I think. Anyway, yeah. we'll so this is the more easy. most Oscar-y movie that we've had so far, then. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. We'll, find, we'll fire through some. Okay, yeah. For so, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, West Side Story, obviously, a Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg film. Yes. Um, I have issues with the fact that that movie was uh, continued in production after the protagonist... Uh, was accused of several. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was also. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> you didn't know. About it? I didn't know. Well, yeah. I only knew about it literally as like a mm. week before I saw well, the. What's the actress mm. name again? Because Paolo. I he's Ansel Elgort. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. In, yeah. From Baby Driver. Baby Which Driver, is yeah. annoying to me because now there's two uh, sexual predators in Baby Driver, which is a movie I really enjoyed before that. So yeah. Um, yeah. Kevin. Wait, I, um, Kevin Spacey. 
Sorry, yeah. I'm going to tell you. Have you seen the original West Side Story? I have. I really like it. You the have. only bad Don't part like about it? it is the whole uh, casting white people as non-white people part. Yes. Uh, which yes, was a very is, thing yeah. of the time. So <laughs> I agree bad. with the fact well, that I... it needed a remake with non-white people mm -hmm. as non-white. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that yeah. part <laughs> definitely needed some updating. But yeah, West Side Story yeah. is, a, is a film I grew up with. I grew up uh, mm. on like the big musicals. Uh, not because they were of my age, but because my dad likes them. So, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> love the original West Side Story. Haven't had the chance to watch uh -huh. the new one yet. Well, it... the thing is, right? Yeah. I went into West Side Story. I'd, I'd seen the original uh, a few years ago. Yeah. And I wasn't really expecting it to sort of kind of blow me away. Hmm. But honestly, it does. I think it's better than the original. Okay. I okay. really do. And... I wasn't expecting that at all. I just think this is Spielberg's best film in like 20 years. Okay. Genuinely. And it's okay. really annoying yeah. that Ansel Elgort is in the lead yeah. role yeah. because it's a really goddamn good film. Okay, okay. And I was really surprised the at the fact Sorry? that I was really surprised that it got nominated. So I'm glad mm -hmm. to hear that because for me, it didn't seem like something that would be nominated uh, for Best Picture. But the fact that you tell me that, like... You thought it would. I think yeah. it would be. I thought it was really one of those films mm -hmm. that was kind of aiming for Best mm -hmm. Picture. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's, for me, it's just, like, the entire production, the choreography... Incredible. Right? Everyone okay. is just amazing in their roles. Okay. It's just such... I don't know. I, you, yeah, I was completely was. wrapped up in it, Kyle, <laughs> and I know you were not a I, big a fan. My, my, my issue is, right, which, mm. to be honest, I've never seen the original. Mm. I've never seen the musical. Yeah. And I didn't know it was Romeo and Juliet. Yes. And oh, I'm not yeah. a huge fan of the story of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Now, the thing is, I said to Lewis when, I came, when we came out, mm. yeah. there were two things I hate in that film, yeah. and it was the leads. Now, looking back, I really? actually liked the girl more. Really? Yeah. I, I was... Well, I really, the best I really thing, didn't like Tony, but I was... I Everything I loved about that uh. film was every single character out but that's, of it. But that's the, the thing, leads. yeah. Like, in the original one, it's kind of the same. The two leads have, like, the more kind of, like, melodramatic kind of stuff. And what they you enjoy the is the side characters. Yeah. In 24 hours, mm -hmm. they're falling in love and yeah. wanting to run away with it. Yeah. Everybody else... It's quite sensible. Yeah. Yes. No, but it's because it's Romeo and Juliet. I, mean, I just don't like the two warring houses. But like oh, for I'm me, that about. was part of the actual like, like at least I as I understood it, like the film was just like uh, trying to adapt Ju like Romeo. Well, the musical itself was trying to adapt Romeo and Juliet, but also comment on it, like. I don't think it was ever trying to say, hey, look at these great people with fan the fantastic idea mm. of getting together and running away after meeting one time. I think it was more of the idea that because of the circumstances they were living under, the great amount of poverty that put two racial groups against each other for no apparent reason when mm. they were both on the bottom of society was the fact yeah. that didn't allow, like, just the whimsical stupidity of young mm. people to even happen. Yeah. Like that, at least that was, that was like kind of the message for me. But again, I haven't seen the film, so I should not yeah. be talking in I this segment. I think tell I think you will like it. I yeah, really okay. do. Okay. It is problematic well, I, that yeah. Elgort is in the lead role and yeah. that is frustrating. Yeah. But everything else outside of that 
Okay. It's just oh, the cinematography, the choreography is fantastic. I believe it's coming to Disney Plus March 11th. Is it? Yes. That's good because I'm I'm definitely coming to Disney Plus in March. I don't know exactly what time. Welcome, Phil. You can watch it when we go over the winners. Yeah, Uh, yeah, definitely. um, I'll I'll watch it before, uh, hopefully before uh, the the nominees. The actual award ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We'll move on on. quickly. So there's one actually I noticed I didn't have on this list. What? Belfast. Belfast. We'll quickly discuss Belfast. Yes. Um. Well, Liz, what do you want to say about Belfast? Well, I thought Belfast was just, you know, I, the perfect word for it is delightful. Delightful. <laughs> delightful. <laughs> no, it is. Even though it deals with, you know, heavy political subject yeah, matter, the as well yeah. as the story of just this kid trying to get through his, get through yeah, life. You know, living he's, trying to... Yeah, Buddy is um, living in Belfast and pretty much the troubles are arising yeah. at this moment in time in 1969. Hmm. And... With that comes the problem of whether his family should move or mm, stay in Belfast yeah. or, you know, how are they going to survive mm-hmm. in this sort of um, Environment. Uh, climate? Very good film. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I and it, it You're a big fan. Black and white. Mm-hmm. It's black and white oh. and it was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, that was our secret screening, wasn't it? Summary. Yeah, me and Phil yeah. got to see that a bit earlier, oh, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, um, One of these really secret screenings. Surprise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I thought going into... The, the Oscar nominations that mm. Belfast was going to take it this year. Yeah. I just thought, because it's a personal story about director Kenneth Branagh's mm. own life and growing up in Belfast. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's funny, it's mm. sweet, it covers all bases. Audiences are loving it, critics are loving it. It's literally just one of those Best Picture nominees that just kind of, everyone is all for, you know, everyone's liking yeah. it. Yeah. But... We'll get into why later, why but, it's okay. not going to win. Okay. Um, okay, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll keep okay. moving on. We'll go to theories. Do you mind if I just do like Chris Pizza quickly? Yeah. 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 So, because I'm the only one who's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, like Chris Pizza's plot-wise, it's very, very simple. Mm. It's uh, a summer in 1970s Los Angeles, mm. and Gary, one day on doing a, a headshot, um, they're taking they're taking headshots because yeah. he's he's a he's a child actor. Hmm. And um, he then bumps into Alana, who's working at this um, photo shoot, hmm. and he's immediately, oh, I love you, you're beautiful, and uh, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Oh, that's yeah. Julie. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> um, and then from then on, hmm. it kind of just follows Alana and Gary as they get into, they start like little businesses hmm. with him and his friends, and they go on all these antics and meet the weirdest people across LA yeah. and well, I can't really get into why this film was a problem without me spoiling it, but I'll just, I'll go over it and hopefully I'll put I 10 mean, quotes in. Okay. My thoughts in my thought when it comes to spoilers is if, uh, knowing what's happening in a movie ruins your watch of the movie, then it wasn't that good to begin mm. with. So, well, no issue with spoilers. We'll, hope, I'll put, we'll put 10 quotes in here, okay. right? Okay. Because, okay. Licorice Pizza is, it's Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, yeah. one of the great current directors and writers working in Hollywood. He's done There Will Be Blood, Phantom Thread, Boogie Nights, hmm. uh, Punch Drug Love, so many fantastic films. Yeah. And he made this film that pretty much 99% I was really into. I was hmm. really drawn into the 70s LA. Hmm. I thought the comedy worked. I just, the chemistry between Alan and Gary was great. Hmm. But platonic, hmm. and that's very important. Yes. Because okay, yeah. Gary, as a yeah. character, is 15. Yeah. And Alana 
It's 25. Yeah, okay. Oh, so, throughout the whole thing, it's a very platonic thing, and they make it a very clear point that they that aren't yeah. dating yeah, or yeah. doing anything, yeah. because that would be very illegal. Yeah. Of course. Also, and the last scene immoral. of the film yeah. is them kissing. Oh, uh, yeah, no. And it completely ruins the right, entire all the goodwill and all the fun yeah. and the whole dynamic of their relationship hmm. and just at the last moment just takes that away that's interesting i didn't know that about that film yeah and well, at first i was like wow. i was like why would they do that why would they do that and i was trying to look for other critical opinions and hmm. Hmm. to see if anyone else had a problem with it and yeah. really all the critics are loving it people hmm. are loving it and i honestly i'm like why this is actually a really problematic ending yeah. that takes away a lot of the goodwill of the film. Also, it kind of like and ruins then, the the oh, thing sorry? of like the whole if like the whole bit of film is building up this platonic relationship. It kind of ruins it mm-hmm. in the end with that. It's, it's not even that. It's like it would work if you just made them closer ages. Yeah. yeah. If you didn't yeah. make Gary fifteen, yeah. if you made him it's a ten year gap. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a ten year gap, and he is technically a child. Yeah. But anyway, also, I'll just quickly if, say this as if well like, because it's talking. Like I understand. Another... Like I understand talking about this topic if you actually have something mm. to say, but like just giving a kiss at the end isn't really adding anything to like the conversation about anything of to do with this. You know. Like, they're not saying, hey, uh, mm-hmm. this is wrong or this is complicated or anything. They're just adding mm-hmm. a kiss at the end and just leaving it there. It's kind of weird, honestly. No, it, it's just not right, really. Mm. <laughs> In my opinion. <laughs> but what made it worse? And usually, I don't let other people's opinions or experiences of films affect my own experiences of films because yeah. you know that, that you shouldn't allow that to happen. Mm. But there was a call on another podcast, Mark Hamill's podcast, just to give him credit. Mm. Um where a caller, or caller, a writer, sorry, um, someone emailed in hmm. and basically said, this film is literally how to groom 101 because they were a victim oh, of grooming. Oh, and they were like, yeah. this yeah. is exactly what happened to me. And mm. it was horrible. Mm. Hated that film. That's what she was saying. She was like, had a panic attack in the cinema. Oh, yeah, wow. I can understand Because she was that. like, this is verbatim, pretty yeah. much what happened to me. Yeah. And it's like, why would you put that kiss in me? Oh, okay. yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, we'll see how it does at the Oscars. We'll yeah. see how it does. I don't. I mean, like, I, yeah, I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. Well, uh, Oscars have like a history of of nominating co- pretty, uh, let's just say, complicated films. Uh, okay. so. <laughs> but we'll move on from we'll that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, Richard, I want to talk about okay, okay. Sorry, could you repeat okay. that? So, King Richard yeah. is uh, basically a biopic following Richard Williams, the mm. father of. Venus and Serena, uh, Serena Williams are yeah. the two two of the probably biggest tennis players of all time. Yeah, uh, and it's basically his story. How about... many Grand Slams does Serena have right now? Like, is it twenty eight or something? I like, see. God, I mean, something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it's the story about him and his kind of kind of passion to kind of get these girls hmm. to go pro. Yeah, and his like kind of story about how he planned everything out mm. to a ridiculous point mm. where he planned that Venus would go pro first, but then mm. Serena would um, kind of be the history's greatest, be the history's mm. greatest mm. by being in that line, you know, in the kind of shadow yeah. for a wee yeah. bit, and then kind of coming out. Oh, Fantastic film. Everything about it is great. It's just it's one of those like mm. this classic biopic oh. that you know we're going to do well. Yeah. Uh, 
Will Smith. We'll, 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 we can briefly discuss. He is incredible. Yeah, it's his best performance I think he's ever given. Oh, it's, ever. I mean, exactly. You know, um, another air both seconds, <laughs> but you know, this is just. But honestly, yeah. I can't stress it enough. And I don't know if we're going to discuss anything or not. But we can. We'll get to. I think we'll get to that. We'll briefly, briefly say, but the, the tennis shots, mm. like some of the shots, the matches yeah. are incredible. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just want to yeah. briefly mention. Um, it's funny, right? Because hmm. I think biopics. Sports biopics, music biopics, whatever biopics, hmm. it's probably the genre I have the least amount of patience for. Oh, because I just find them all unbelievably the formulaic. Yeah. And there's a few biopics I really like because they don't follow the formula. Yeah, yeah. Like Eternity's Gate. Oh, um, I really love the, the Elton John one. The oh, Elton John one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's really great. good. Yeah. Mm. Raps, yeah. Well, well, let's just uh, forget about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but King Richard yeah. follows... A simple biopic formula, yeah. but it is just really entertaining, mm. and it has a great pace to it. And all the conflicts that come out of it are really there's conflicts within the conflicts in a sense mm. because okay. the problems they have with their dad come mm. they, like they kind of reflect on us. We mm. kind of go, "Is what he's doing right? Is what he's yes. doing?" Because is he pushing them too far yeah. to make his own selfish image come true? Yeah, and it's yeah. it's so good that it, it kind of makes you involved in that and and so it kind of gets you on you their perspective right. of whether like was he or was he not a good father because he's yeah. a complicated figure. Yeah, because if I understand correctly, Serena Williams had like a big hand in the production of this movie, didn't she? Yeah, I think she's a producer. Yeah. Yeah, she is a producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she is. I did see her. Uh, I only watched that last week. So, as well. like, um, yeah, it makes sense that she would want to put, like, yeah, like she manages to make you feel the complicated relationship that they both have with their parents. Then, mm-hmm. no, uh, I, I don't have any problems with being there. Yeah, I think it's a solid biopic and one yeah. that I was quite surprised by because I mm. generally was just, uh, I was just kind of seeing it for Will Smith, honestly. So I want to yeah. see yeah. it for <laughs> yeah. and I was swept up in it. I liked it. I really yeah. solid film. I, I was. My brother was a big fan. Yeah. Haven't seen this one, but my brother has, and he really liked it. Uh, he does like historical dramas and biopics and stuff uh, mm-hmm. way more than I do. But yeah, he also yeah. watched <laughs> it for, for Will Smith and uh, enjoyed it a lot. So yeah. Quickly, we'll quickly move on to... Well, yeah. So let's talk about Drive My Car. Quickly. Yes. Um, yes, Drive My Car. Uh, one of the only ones that I've seen. Drive My Car is another surprise for me, actually. I really, really didn't expect it to be nominated for Best Picture. Hmm. Um, sorry, I was just, just selfishly snatching the, the mic there. Yeah. <laughs> um, thing? yeah, I really wasn't expecting it to be nominated yeah. at all. Um, I, when I saw it, I was like, this is going to be an international feature nomination and win. I mean, yeah, this is yeah. a brilliant film. Um, in my top 10 list uh of 2021 it was my second favorite film technically oh, wow. would be number one because yeah. my yeah number yeah, one release dates are weird <laughs> yeah i my car follows the story of a play um sorry playwright and director who um is currently facing a, a sort of a problem in his marriage hmm. and um oh, i can't i don't really know how much to give away here and um, keep it brief because I'll, I'll keep it brief okay sorry just a summary um, just a so set up he's kind of facing some issues with his marriage sorry. yeah what I think mean, just just wants a summary yeah, yeah sorry just... so he's having sort of um, troubles with his marriage that are shown um, very explicitly in the film <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and um, he's kind of coming to a crisis of self. Yeah. And then he gets uh, an opportunity to direct um, uh, Uncle Vanya, which is a Chekhov play, hmm. in um, Hiroshima. Oh. And so he goes off there and he's told, because um, one of his favourite things to do is to drive his car. Hmm. And he does that so he can learn lines, like he records himself hmm. and his wife um, like doing dialogue back and forth so right. he can learn his lines. And that's hmm. his... That's his um, um, technique. technique, yes. Um, and so he's told when he gets to Hiroshima that um, you can't drive your car. He needs a driver. Yeah. And um, that's already throwing a spanner into his own personal routine. Hmm. And through this sort of device and this this very, I guess it's a really peaceful sort of therapeutic film that hmm. kind of goes through the importance of storytelling and guessing like the our own connections with other people. Mm. And it's just, it's beautiful. I just loved it so much. I mean, okay. when I saw this in it, I was just wrapped up in it. Yeah, and yeah. I just, it, it's three hours long, but it just, yeah, oh, I was, it, it was like a long. dream state watching it. I just yeah. loved what it was saying about storytelling and just our own connections with, you know, just, just sort of like people you don't expect to connect with. And yeah. through stories that like we kind of delve into each other's own histories and pasts mm. and sort of, so you it's know, a story about story. About each other. Sorry? It's a story about stories and how... Yes, it's a story yeah. about stories. Yeah. And it's just, oh, I loved it. And I, it's absolutely the one I want to win Best Picture. Okay. But, and okay. actually, yeah. it's the first Japanese film ever to be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, really? I was going to yeah. say. I was going to say. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I know. There's not been a single <laughs> I mean, I other Japanese one. Oh. Yeah. Um, Honestly, with the a Korean film winning... With a Korean film winning, like, was it last year or the year before that? Parasite 2019. Parasite 2019, yeah. yeah. There's still, like, there, there's hope, I guess. Mm. You know? Yeah. I, I don't... I, we'll get into why. <laughs> <I don't laughs> into <the> <laughs> on to... I think we'll leave the, the, the one that's going to win to last. Okay. Okay, yes. Good point. And we'll, we'll discuss the one that I personally don't understand why it's on this list. Yes. Don't Look Up. Okay. So, Don't Look Up mm. was Netflix original yep directed by adam mckay wrote mm. it as well yep he wrote it with somebody else but i can't remember who he wrote it with no i don't know and don't look up is it's a story basically about two scientists played by leonardo DiCaprio and jennifer lawrence who mm. discover that this asteroid is going to come to earth mm. and blow everything up and it's basically then trying to grab the attention of the government and the media yeah and it's not going well and it's all this kind of mm -hmm. stuff <laughs> i i have very i have a i have an interesting perspective on this because mm -hmm. I love Adam McKay. Yeah. You're a big fan boy. I love him to bits. One of my yeah. favorite films is Bite, mm -hmm. which was twice in. Which I wasn't actually that big into. I know, you I, know I wasn't big into. <laughs> but I like Big Short a lot me, more, but Yeah, oh I love the Big Short as well. Yeah. But for me this film felt like hmm. so that if I take Adam McKay for for example, you've got two sides to him. Mm -hmm. You've got his comedies. Anchorman. Yeah. Uh, the other guys. The other guys. Yeah. Step Brothers. He did Step Brothers. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got his kind of serious ones, at, like Big Short and Vice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What he's done here, he's tried to blend them. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just don't think it's done that it's well. Worked. I yeah. think he wanted to make a story mm -hmm. about how the the media and everybody doesn't really take things seriously. Yeah. Global yeah. warming. Global yeah, warming. Yeah, it's, it's but very he clear. Didn't a have a true for story to. Yeah, he didn't mm. have a true story to use. So, like, he made one up. so like, does it go to? Because, like, with with his comedies, Adam McKay, like, it's all very surreal. 
Like his comedies mm-hmm. are just very like absurdist in a very mm-hmm. in, intense way. Like yeah, that, and uh, yeah, this is an absurd comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, do you want me to go into what I think of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, okay, sure. okay, sure. um, yeah. Okay, so I was dreading watching Don't Look Up. Yeah. Honestly, I'd seen the trailers. I thought this looks obnoxious and annoying, and mm. I get it. Like, I know exactly what you're commenting on. You heard my I, opinions of it. I heard yeah. Kel's opinions. Actually, Kel, you're not alone. Everyone who I know who's seen it has been like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. Or Did the same person give it 6 out of 10? No, they did not. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they've seen it. Um, <laughs> um, you know, everyone's like, yeah, I get it. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's just a middling film. Yeah. And so I, was, I just watched it because obviously it was up for Best Picture. Yeah. So I put it on last week and I was like, right, here we go. I'm going to hate this. And I quite liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, to preface this though, yeah. I don't think it should be up for Best Picture. I yeah. think it is still a very flawed film. Hmm. But all the social commentary it was saying about yeah. global warming and the, the thing about how the media loves to sugarcoat everything and mm. how people can't concentrate on one thing for two yeah. minutes and the greed of you know capitalism and and government basically i just i i, I was kind of wrapped up in it you know yeah. i i thought it was quite funny yeah even though i thought it'd be obnoxiously so mm. I, I thought leo was good in it i thought the majority of the cast was very good mm. um except i do have a problem with the mark rylance character and jonah guy. and jonah hill yeah because mm. like we were saying it's an absurdist I guess it's it's riding the line between going, you know, step brothers yeah. and still ha- and still kind of being like Vice, where that's a bit more serious, but dark yeah. dark comedy. Mm-hmm. But you know, Mark Rylance and Jonah Hill, I think, just took it too far. Yeah. I just think they, um, Jonah Hill's just being Jonah Hill, like in This Is the End or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark Rylance is a cartoon character. Like it's just it's too far. Too much. Um, I do think also it's too long. Yeah. I think you could have cut half an hour off this film mm, easily. Okay. How long is it? It's two hours twenty. Oh, two hours twenty. That's pretty long. I mean, the film should have ended at a certain point as well. And then, and yeah, then I just say we're not going to that point. Yeah. They go into the stupid thing anyway. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't. I, as, as that's, I said, a, that's interesting though because my dad was a really big fan of this film. He really, really mm. liked it. Uh, but he, when I told him he was nominated for an Oscar, he said that's not an Oscar film. So like, even though no. he's he's a really big I respect fan, that he's man's been, opinion, eh? yeah, yeah, he's I just been think it's telling me a lot really. to watch it. He's been pestering me about it. But when I told him, he said he said that's not an Oscar film. Mm-hmm. I think what it is, it's like every year there's a a film that gets nominated that is, hmm. I guess, not subtle to say the hmm. least. You know, yeah. it's politically and um, socially yeah. very clear of what it's trying to say. Yeah. And there's other films that are nominated that do it much, you know, more sophisticated. Like a 13-year-old And this metaphor, year, yeah. it's Don't Look Up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But anyway, okay. that's... Next one? So yeah. We'll move on to the last one. Yes. No, no, we've got, we've got Nightmare Alley. And Nightmare Alley. Two. We'll yeah. to the second last one. The last okay, one. yeah. Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Yes. Um, I've actually I watched think... this one. Yeah. Have yes, you? Oh. I've watched this one. So... I get, do you want to go over the plot? And then I want to hear what... Yeah. So, I have Alley strong is, opinions about this film. <laughs> <laughs> so Nightmare Alley is directed by... Guillermo del Toro. I'll say it because um, you guys can't pronounce it. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro. It stars Bradley Cooper as this character who basically 
from the start, you think he's left home mm-hmm. uh, due to due to his family or his, his father dying, and he joins. Well, you say of- that, but I instantly, as soon as I saw him burying a body and burning a house, thought he murdered someone. So you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I give hope to the guy. Um, I don't want to judge straight away. Um, so he joins the circus and he then kind of starts learning the tricks of the trade mm-hmm. of, um, what, what would you say the skill is? What's well, like uh, a con, basically? Manipulation. Yeah, skills. con man, manipulation. Uh, manipulation, yeah, yeah. 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 So he, he, he's able to start reading people to be able to go, you. Yeah, it's called called reading. In the past. Yeah. yeah. And it's basically, it's a, it's a story of him rising mm-hmm. and then it's a story of him falling. Yes, it's a yeah. tragedy. It's a tragedy. And personally, I really enjoyed it. So, I, okay. You know what, me too, Kyle. Okay. But, uh, I, I did not. Different okay. here, so I, okay. I love Guillermo del Toro. Big fan of his films. Uh, he does amazing work. I love when he blends reality and fantasy in great ways. Great stuff. I did not like this movie. Uh, from the midpoint, I think, I realized it was based on a book just by watching it. Uh, yes, yeah, based off a book and uh, yeah. there's an original 40s film as well. Mm. It it feels very much like one of those old-fashioned uh, like uh, movies I used to watch. They just put on TV. There was three hours of like uh, the American West and a story about a man and stuff. It feels very dragged, dragged out for me. There's a big time jump in the middle of the film, and I, I breathed a sigh of relief when it happened. Um, so <laughs> the thing for me is it's a very clear-cut story. From the beginning, I knew exactly what was going to happen, and it didn't really drive me to that place, it frustrated me to that place. It just dragged me kicking to that place. Uh, I saw he was rising and uh, he kept being given advice by everyone around him of what not to do. And as soon as his like hubris starts getting too big and he starts falling, he starts doing literally exactly the things that people told him not to do. And that for me was incredibly frustrating to the point where like, uh, I, I was watching this uh, at night. My sister was literally asleep. I woke her up several times by just screaming, oh, don't do that to the screen. <laughs> uh, so that's how that's how this movie felt to me. Uh, in, in terms of like the actual like quality of the filmmaking, it's really good. It's uh, visually yeah. really intriguing. I really like the texture it has. I love the old transitions. It's a really small thing, but like having the actual physical wipes, really nice. Don't know if they actually did them with CGI, but I think they're actual physical wipes. Anyways, not going to get into that. Really nice looking (laughs) film. The acting was brilliant. But again, I just, I felt like it was too obvious what was going to happen. And that's that's nothing bad. I don't mind uh, films being predictable. It's just, they have to like make me want to see what's happening, like make me want to be part of the story. And I just wanted it to end because I knew exactly how it was going to end. And I just wanted it to end. I'm glad they didn't well, um, kill the love interest for sorry, no reason I've, at all. But, I've actually yeah. I'd seen the original before this. One. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and pretty much like twenty minutes in, I mm. was um, I, I was like, okay, they're following this one pretty much to what you know, you know, yeah, pretty yeah. faithfully. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I was just sucked in, but yeah. purely on that technical basis, it mm. was just this really gloomy, seedy sort of horrible yeah. nightmare kind of going on and mm-hmm. del toro's you know excellent at that he's really good yeah and for me I, I just i don't know what it was that it's, i did a short review of it and i mm. did say that it was del toro's sort of 
the way he directs this and the classic noir mold that he mm. follows because I, I I like a lot of noir stuff mm. that kind of you know pulled me in mm. and I do actually they did change the ending a bit in yeah. this one and I think they changed it for the better mm. um I just I, the last shot and the last like uh, exchange uh, dialogue exchange is just great yeah I just love you know, I love a classic tragedy. I'm a sick, yeah, I'm a sick yeah. guy. I like, I like, a, I like <laughs> no, a fall I, from grave. Again, I, I, I like that part. I have no issue with that. But for me, it's like mm. the entirety of the film is trying to pull me in. And the actions of the main character are just pushing me away. I never, you never get in his head. So you never understand why he makes such obviously terrible decisions. Aside from the part that like when his mentor tells him, you know, people like mm -hmm. us who have suffered abuse, we have a hole in ourselves that we can never fill. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I get that. Like that's mm -hmm. like, it's a, it feels by the numbers. The protagonist feels to me by the numbers. Everyone else in the story, I cared more about than the protagonist. And mm -hmm. for me, oh, a yeah, good tragedy. The protagonist is a bad man. He's a bad man, yeah, really but, but there <laughs> are, there he's are, a bastard. Bastard. he's a complete, complete, complete bastard, but there are bastards yeah. that you're root for and this mm -hmm. was not one of them i wasn't all, all like i wasn't rooting for him or against them i was just apathetic mm -hmm. towards him every time the the storytelling would pull me in and the actual like visuals because again beautiful film like beautiful film mm -hmm. i love how del toro keeps like just uh wallowing on the gringy aspects of everything uh with the camera work and just the the tones that it has it really pulls you to like the 30s depression kind of era that they're living mm -hmm. in the pre-war uh it's it's beautiful, yeah. but every time I got pulled in, the actions of the character pushed me away by just mm -hmm. being just incredibly like, I don't know, it, it didn't feel like the character was a character. And I don't know if it has something to do with the acting, but I just, I did not enjoy it. It just kept pushing me out. And then I was like, okay, what's next? Uh, I know this, just, <laughs> just keep going, uh, just finish already. Yeah. Uh, but again, every one of the supporting characters for me felt great and I really liked them. Uh, the ambience was fantastic. I just, I was disappointed. I was very disappointed and I do not understand why it's yeah. an Oscar nominated film. Well, it's funny you should say that because I actually yeah. didn't expect it to get a Best Picture nomination. Yeah. It, it didn't feel like a Best Picture no. film for me. I, I don't know if I would replace it with any with another 2021 film. Yeah. I mean, I may say differently when I sort of yeah. do my list. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm not disappointed to see. I'm not annoyed to see. It up no, there. yeah. Um, I know it's. I it feels more like a filler. Hmm. You think like a list and the list. Yeah, it's it covers the genres. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We get something different. Um, but anyway, we'll move on to the last <laughs> and likely yeah best picture winner. Best picture winner, The Power of the Dog. Yeah, yes, another Netflix. Not many one. dogs in this. <laughs> um, but you know, an incredible film. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely incredible. Um, basic basic premise is Benedict Cumberbatch stars as a rapture, a rapture in nineteen twenty fifty. No, nineteen twenty five. Nineteen twenty five. Oh, get your days. Yeah, I know. Nineteen twenty five, Western America. Yeah, I guess that's Montana, I think. Or at least it was filmed in Montana. It was one of Montana. While the and... cities are going full on Great Gatsby, uh, there's still cowboys all around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. It's basically, how would you explain it? Well, it's quite hard for me to explain. I get, from the get-go, um, Phil, and what's his brother's name? Oh. Bye, he only calls him Fatso, and that's... Yeah, that's... that's, that's, that's yeah, he calls him Fatso. 
Um, so basically, him and his brother are already at odds, and that's pretty much from the get-go. There's yeah. something not right in their relationship. Yeah. And we can see Benedict Cumberbatch's fill as hmm. this nasty, mean, kind of just despicable kind of man. Hmm. And from there, we can understand where there's been this divide in their relationship. Hmm. But then... Um, God, I need to remember this guy's name. <laughs> the, the, the the brother. Yeah, yeah Jesse yeah. Plemons. I'll call him Jesse Plemons. Um, <laughs> Jesse Plemons falls for I am. Um, God, I need to know the character name for. <laughs> uh, Rose. Rose. George. 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 Thank George. you. Bill and George, and he yeah. falls for Rose. Yeah. Um. So yeah, George falls for this. Uh, this um for Rose, who's runs this tavern, I guess. Yeah. Uh, where all the ranchers go after their day. Yeah. And. From there on, the divide between the two brothers goes even further. There is mm. this whole question of what power is here, who has control over who, and then there's Rose's son who gets involved in the plot, and that adds a whole other dynamic to the, the film. Mm. And I just loved the Power of the Dog. I thought Power of the Dog was just... It's one of those films that really frustrates me that it's on Netflix, though, because yeah. it deserves to be seen in the cinema. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I... The other thing I would say about the issue of being on uh, Netflix, it's really a pay attention to detail. Mm. It's one of those films. And I knew that my dad fell for it. Yeah. Because he didn't pay enough attention. He didn't realise the story. Mm. Yeah, he didn't because it's a Netflix film. Mm. And that Netflix films give you more leeway to not fully focus yeah. because yeah. you're in your home environment. Yeah, because they take yeah. into and account I that really there's a smaller to... screen normally. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, a great example mm-hmm. to briefly point out was The Irishman, which yeah. we were very lucky to see in cinema because yeah. Yeah. you would, it's, that was three hours. You three and a half. Yeah, yeah, three and a half. But The Power of the Dog, incredible film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Visually stunning. Oh, mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, every single one of the cast mm-hmm. was That's fantastic a terrific in their role. Yeah. And That's four I'm, nominations for the cast. Yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything about yeah, the story yeah, yeah. Yeah. because it is one of these films that for me, the last frame yeah. made me have to made me want to rewatch it. Yeah, it's, okay. it, the ending changes the, the contextualization. Exactly yeah, yeah. And I really like it's a film that I said how Coda was a manipulative early on hmm. in a bad sense because they it, it's just like it's stupid what they do and it, it's it's forcing the characters to fit this mold yeah. so that later on they can have a revelation and be like yeah, oh yeah, yeah. we didn't know this the entire time even mm. though you could have just talked anyway um this one manipulates you and every character in the film is being manipulated yep. to an extent and like yeah. what is so guess, by the end of the true, film like really in control here and i just yeah. loved that I okay, guess we're yeah. kind of being gaslit then, <laughs> as well as some of the characters. That's good. And That's good. who's right, who's wrong. Yeah. It's, it's great. I love it. No. Uh, I mean, definitely, I think it's going to win. I think it's going to okay. win. So this is your guys' guess for best picture. Yeah. yeah. Power yeah, of the Dog. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That would be a, yeah. a great feather in Netflix's cap, honestly. And I yeah. am not surprised that they, uh, they just uh, basically, uh, you know, uh, campaigned a lot to uh, for oh, yeah. for these two films. They got two films this year. Uh, two yeah, no. Netflix films. Yeah, they've, they've got two yeah. in there. Oh, so Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that was all ten of the best. Yeah. Okay. Let's get through that. Okay. <laughs> I okay. suggest you know, 
skim through the other categories? Yes. Yes. Let's, yes. let's do a rounddown of like the major categories and like what the actual stuff okay. is there. We'll go through each yeah. major category and then we'll basically say who's gonna win. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, actually, don't quote us on that. <laughs> <laughs> our guesses. Our guesses. Yeah. yeah. I really hope that I managed to get this edited and up way before the Oscars because otherwise this is going to be really bad. Right, so we've got Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. We've got um, Rizuki as the group director. Oh, sorry, yes, for best director. I've just gone straight in. Um, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Yeah. We've got uh, Rizuki Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. Yeah. Cole Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Uh, Jane Campion for Power of the Dog mm. and Steven Spielberg for, for um, West Side Story. West Side Story. So, quickly, yeah. who do you want to win and who do you think is going to win? Well, see, I said to you I wanted Hamaguchi to win yeah. simply because I loved Drive My Car so much. Yeah. But I actually think, in terms of direction, I think Jane Campion did a better job in direction. And it's because yeah. of that, the way she uses the small details yeah. and the editing. Yeah. To okay. manipulate your own understanding of what's going on. So, with, like, you know, as a craft, you think she like had like a bigger challenge and impact on the yeah. actual yeah. film? Okay, okay, that's interesting. Absolutely. And uh, you, Kyle, you, who do you want? To win? I, I actually want Kenneth Branagh to win because the really? story's so personal to himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do find Jane Campion is going to win. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Because I am. I am I, good with anyone and winning except Kenneth Branagh because I do not personally like him. I have something against him. I'm not sure what it is. Oh, really? But, yeah, oh, I, I don't like Kenneth Branagh. the first four film. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, hey, we'll move as... On to that. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's Best Director. We'll move on to uh, Best Actor. Best Actor, okay. I'll quickly go through okay. it. Yeah. So we have Javier Bardem for Bean Ricardo's, yeah. uh, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, hmm. Andrew Garfield for Tip Tick Boom, Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Smith for King Richard and Den- Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah. So, uh, who do you want to win, Kyle? I do. A part of me, uh-huh. a part of me actually wants Andrew Garfield to win. Oh, I really <laughs> enjoy Tick Tick. Yeah, a lot of people were saying it would be nominated for first pe- uh, best picture. Ah, no. <laughs> Wait, did you see Tick, Tick, Boom? I haven't. No, that's the thing. You haven't? Oh, no. gone film, man. I, guys, like, my, the movies I watched this year were the 2021 movies. Like, I, I am behind really, really big. I am still catching up. Just to quickly say about Tick, Tick, Boom, I actually thought Lin-Manuel Miranda's yeah. directorial debut. Yeah, incredible. He did... Uh, great job, I mm. thought. Great first effort. I loved how... It's just a weird... I can't really even explain how they go into the storytelling of this film. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm not going to bother. But I will say Andrew Garfield did a terrific job. Yeah. It's a very, you know, big, showy performance. Yeah, heavy. But role. it works for the character. That's good. That's good. Um, for me, honestly, everyone's great. I mean, for me, actually, Javier Bardem, I'd probably kick out and put someone else in. Yeah. Simply because... You know how I said I hated you, you biopics? Did, yeah, you did not like yeah. And the genre, you know, as a genre. The thing, though, I'm Being happy that he's exact there. reason why I hate it. I am happy that it's he's there because uh, both Javier Bandem and, uh, damn it, what's her name? <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, uh, God damn it, the other Spanish lady. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, I uh, think Penelope Cruz. Yeah, Penelope Cruz and I, Javier Bardem I, are both in, like, the Best Actor, Best Actress nominations yes. this year and it's the first time ever you've had two spanish actors 
being nominated for both best actor things. So that makes me happy, and that's the only uh, reason. Also, a, there's a slight problem because Javier Bardem is meant to be playing a Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican man. Yeah, yeah, which is <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. It's one of those um, things. But yeah, I'll quickly say Will Smith. I think's having it this year. I think Will Smith yeah. will have. Do you think Will yeah. Smith's got it? Yeah, I, I think mean, he'll have it. I want Andrew to win, but yeah. I think it's Will Smith. I think it's deservedly. Well, actually, all of them are great. All of them are great. Yeah. Uh, best actress. Uh, I'll quickly say. So we have Jessica Chastain for mm-hmm. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. Penelope yeah. Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos and Christian Stewart for Spencer. Right. Ooh. I've seen only one of these films, so I would have to say Christian Stewart for Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Gonzalo? I have no idea. I haven't seen any Wonderful. of these films because I am really prepared for these things. I guess uh, the only one I've not seen is um, Eyes of Tammy Faye. Hmm. But honestly, you know what's a really big surprise this year? Hmm. All of those nominees, none of them are nominated for the BAFTA for Best Actress. That is a completely different list. Yeah, the whole actress race this year has been different across the board. It's so bizarre. Who won for best actress in the Bastards? It's not happened yet, but the nomination list is all all the nominees, six of them in that in that list, all completely different. Oh, it's it's very strange. But for me, um, I I want I want Kristen Stewart to win it. I really do. I think her her turn as Diana was. Hmm. you know brilliant and that's hmm. another biopic that twists the formula because hmm. it's not really a biopic no, it's okay. just a it's character like a study yeah. yeah psychological dreamy <laughs> strange film that i really did yeah. love my mum really um, enjoyed that one so i'm gonna go I with kristen stewart as well sorry i'll, I'll go with what? kristen stewart as well because my mum enjoyed that one <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think olivia coleman might take it though because yeah. the lost daughter she's absolutely brilliant in it she is really and i actually i don't know who's gonna win it honestly no. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see and we'll hope. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go for best supporting actor. Yeah, so we got Kieran Hines for Belfast, Troy Coatser for Coda, Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, shouldn't be nominated, and uh, Cody Schmidt-McPhee <laughs> for The Power of the Dog. So we know your um, opinions, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's why I don't really feel there's like one that's like, really jumping out that who's going to yeah. win it. Yeah. I want Cody Schmidt-McPhee to win it. The Power I of the think dog. it is. I think, think it's has. I there's one on here that I would switch, and it's Troy Coaster for Coda. Because mm. he's the dad. You want him to win? No, no, no. He's the dad in Coda. Oh. Yeah. I'd have given it to the brother. I agree. Because I think the brother did a better performance uh-huh. in, the, in the film. Um, mm. I, see, it's one of these things where I can't see because I think the Oscars recently likes to give all the Best Picture nominees at least a win in another category. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, because mm. they, they kind and, of, like, compensate, you know? Uh-huh. And I can't see Coda winning in anything else, so I could see them giving it to, to Troy yeah, somebody just for to... that. But also, I, I, Cody was so good and so, oh, just strange, and, and oh, I loved his character in Power of the Dog. Um, so Honestly, me, if if like Power well. of the Dog gets it, like they might mm-hmm. give him, they might also give the movie the supporting actor as well, right? Yeah, and two nominations. In yeah. There, so. yeah, Emmy Doyle best supporting actress. As well. Best supporting actress. So we got Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Anna, Anna, sorry, um, <laughs> Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, Kristen Dunst Power of the Dog, and um, I don't know how to pronounce Andrew Anu Ellis for King, King Richard. Hmm. Uh, Ariana DeBose for yep. West Side Story. She's won it. That's it. She's won it. <laughs> it's, that, it's that simple. I, yeah. I'm yeah. 
98% certain she'll yeah, win it. Yeah, I, I, she was absolutely terrific. She yeah. was such... Oh, just what a find. What a talent, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty simple. We're going to be one. Best film editing. Trick uh, that was taught me years ago. It's a very important trick. So, if your Best Picture nominee hmm. isn't up for Best Editing, hmm. then 95% of the time it's not winning Best Picture. There's oh, been a few occasions, okay. I think eight okay. times a Best Picture has won and it hasn't been up for editing. Okay. Out of yeah. 94? Out of 94, 93. Um, but one of those was Birdman, which doesn't really count. Yeah. So, <laughs> as it was a one-shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a one-shot. Yeah. There was two um, edits in that so movie. Uh. There's kind of a cheat code here and Power of the Dog is also the only film that has a director uh, nomination okay. as well as an, an editing, editing best one. picture. Okay, yeah. So they've kind of shown their hand a little bit here. Yeah. Um, but we'll go through the list. So yeah. Don't Look Up, hmm. June, hmm. King Richard, Power hmm. of the Dog, and Tick Boom. Yes, um, they usually love to give the editing Oscar to a film that has very showy editing hmm. rather than ones that you don't notice yeah yeah it's boom. you think it's got it i yeah. think it's got because it, it, it does some incredible scenes where it kind of jumps between um the musical aspect and then the kind of real life aspect uh-huh. mm. it's just it's it's a beautifully edited film yeah that and i like i said that the the, uh, the tennis scenes from craig richard are quite yeah good, but they're mm. more subtle yeah uh, i think it's a horse race actually i think it's closer than you might think to tick tick mm. boom and Kit Rink, king richard yeah also yeah, the just because honestly the editing in oh, dune like you don't notice oh. it but you don't notice it it's very powerfully done because the way they hold mm-hmm. shots sometimes longer than it's comfortable like that's the thing i mm-hmm. that no, i noticed in that film that really shocked me and it's it's the way the editing is done so like honestly yeah. i think it's a it's a closer race than other years we've had like yeah i mean i've said i want to win tick boom i'd love to get a bit of love you know i like that film quite a bit they do like their show editing the dog as well um we'll go on to best cinematography um which we have june Nightmare Alley, hmm. Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Hmm. June. Uh, yeah, I probably June. I, think. I mean, yeah. But I've also said that I any, will, of, them, any of them yeah, could any of them are yeah. beautiful films. You've not seen Tragedy of Macbeth, but I haven't, no. Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story are beautiful oh, films. I, I mean, you of... did mention that a big part of the West Side Story was the cinematography that you enjoyed, so honestly. Yeah, I, I think all of them are just so well shot. You could genuinely give it to any of them and I wouldn't yeah. really have any complaints. Mm. Uh, Macbeth is also... These are also hmm. all the same in production design, all mm. the same nominees, oh, okay. but I kind of want them to give some love to Macbeth in the yeah. production design because that made like a timeless adaptation of Macbeth through its production design cinematography. Um really really thought that was a beautiful aesthetic that film had but I do think it's June mm, okay, um, yeah. do we want to continue or do you want to quickly go over snubs and then go into the 2021 list yeah um, snubs. do you want to cover screenplay quickly oh, do you want to do okay. screenplay okay. yeah so uh, best original screenplay we have Belfast Don't Look Up Licorice Pizza King Richard and The Worst Person in the World mm. I know a film that hasn't been released here yet in the UK has it though no <laughs> oh, right, we get okay, it in March well. So grand, annoying. Um, Belfast. Yeah, I agree. I think Belfast got it. I think that's going to be its only award. Thanks yeah. to be its only award. Only award of well, the night. And if he gets one, I'm happy. Mm, and it's because it's a personal story. I think they're going to yeah. give him that screenplay one. Probably would be. Oh. Okay. Uh, quickly moving on. Uh, sorry. 
Coda. Best adapted screenplay. Yeah. We have Coda, Drive My Car, June, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. Hmm. The Power of the Dog, a book. That is a book. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, this is a tough one, I think, actually. I think it's a two-horse race between Drive My Car and Power of the Dog. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. Um, I could see them giving it to Drive My Car because it's much more dialogue-heavy than Power of the Dog. But it and depends, though. I think they kind of want to give credit to the story as well as just giving it a Best International Oscar, which yeah. is, is going to get that. So, mm, tough one. I actually can't really, can't really decide. It's it's a, honestly it's a question of whether like the original uh, book of Power of the Dog had that same manipulative aspect uh, yeah. uh, from the because uh, having want, adapted that feeling feels that. to me a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think Dune should get it. I do not think Dune should get it. Honestly, I think I it, think there's better films. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's when it comes to an adaptation, it's not that. Like, it's not that it's a bad adaptation. I just don't mm. think it does anything interesting with the adaptive part of the adaptation. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, I, I think that's most of the categories yeah. we're going yeah, to cover. Yeah. I think Lewis wanted to talk a couple snubs. of notes about some snubs. Yes. Lewis, Maybe you not have seen, snubs. Um, you have seen every film oh, that came out this year, so please tell us. Yeah, we, we have seen most of I mean, apart from uh, Best Sporting Actors, not going uh-huh. to Jared Leto for the yeah. Yeah. Please don't talk about that. No. I think there is one film that I brought this up with Liz and he agreed with me. Yeah. For we I thought should be in the best picture. Yeah. And I think you know, so want to talk about it. I think we're talking about it. I actually don't know what you're talking about. Mass. Oh my god, Mass. <laughs> <laughs> Here starts the rant. So, go. I guess I'll quickly go over Mass because if that film was released in 2021 for us we got it in january this year mm. but that would have been a number one or two film for me of last year yeah because this film so mass right i'm going to, on the surface it seems like a film why the hell would you watch that that sounds mm. horrible it's, it's a very it's a very hard-hitting subject yes yeah. so it's about two couples who it all takes place in one room yeah two couples okay. go into this room that's on the side of a, a side of a church yeah and they go in and they share in their own personal experiences how they lost their sons in a school shooting. Oh, and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, leave it there. I'm going to leave it there because uh, there's... Very personal. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've been in a cinema for a long time where every single person has cried. Oh, damn. Yeah, I mean, like, everyone cried at a different moment. Honestly, you know, incredible. And I'm very upset it did not get best picture. I'm annoyed. Also, the acting. Oh, okay, the easily kicked out many. If anybody can... To Sky Cinema, mm-hmm. where I it's kind of premiering. I mm. would watch this film. It yeah. is incredible. I mean, it seems like a very heavy like. It seems like a very heavy acting oh, one as well. Like, that's why. I, yes, it's yes. A hugely heavy subject. Yeah, uh-huh. but it just works. It works. It's mm. so unbelievably entertaining as well. Mm-hmm. And that seems a bit strange to say for something with that sort of subject matter. Yeah, no, no, you're right. It's but it's also it interesting into... that it didn't because like, uh, like uh-huh. they do really love their play kind of movies for the Oscars, mm-hmm. the ones that like the take thing. place in a very limited I kind of think, space and stuff. I don't think this works as well if it's a play. Yeah. No. Because just see the way, see the editing. Mm. Even that should be off the best editing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm. And the way it, it keeps it you know, moving and interesting in Even such a seemingly boring yeah. white-walled room. Yeah. Um, all the actors, I would have given a nomination. Hmm. Yeah, that Best Picture nomination is hmm. dealing with extremely contemporary issues. Yeah, yeah. And ones that 
I kind of also love how it doesn't really have an answer hmm. to the issues in it either. Yes, no, there's, yeah, they bring up a lot of issues, but they specific. never they never give an answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they give their opinions, but they yeah. never give an answer. Yeah. Hmm. But it's also it's constantly thought provoking. It's it's just it's wonderful. Honestly, see Ma <laughs> wherever you are. Yeah, brilliant film, fantastic. Wait, wait, that's the Oscars roundup. Yep, mm-hmm. done. Uh, so we're going to briefly talk for the last wee bit about mm-hmm. our personal favourites of 2021. It was a good year. Great year. Great year for Simon. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got a couple that I want to talk yeah. about. I don't know how I'm going to go for my number one, because there's one that I would always know for a long time was number one on my list. Yeah. Mm. And then I kind of rehashed. Yeah. Oh. Um, Halloween Kills. Oh, <laughs> 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 yes. Halloween Kills, where everybody wanted to. He was, uh, was, was waiting to do that joke for ages. It was the <laughs> worst film of 2021 yep. in my book. Yep. It's Worse annoying, because you really enjoyed the last one, didn't you? Oh, I loved the last one. Yeah. The last one's solid. The last one sold 2018's Halloween. Yeah. Fantastic. Halloween kills awful. No, but on the horror genre. Yeah. yeah. Candyman. You loved Candyman. I mm. loved Candyman. Now mm. that's another remake. Yeah. Uh, well, no. It's so cool. Yeah. So weirdly enough, I was like to Lewis, I've not yeah. seen the original Candyman. Do I need to watch it? And he went, I don't think so. But just watch it in case. Yeah. Very glad I did because it is really a direct sequel. Okay, because yeah, I was going to say, I know, I, I've watched the original Candyman. I didn't know. I thought it was going to be a remake. That's interesting. No, no, no. no it's, it's a direct sequel. I guess soft reboot? Yeah. You could say soft reboot. Kind of like Halloween yeah. was to like the original, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I would say it like that. It's yeah. very much the kind of similar kind of feel. Hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was also, the good thing about it hmm. is it was short. In a sense, it was 90 yeah. minutes, Short but it sweet. got everything done. Yeah. Now, I know it's, it's been out, but I don't want mm. to, to spoil too much. <laughs> I know there is, there's one scene in it that kind of ruins it for Lewis. Uh, yeah, it kind of takes something away. Uh-huh. But mm. 98% of it <laughs> is incredible. The acting is incredible. The, the, kind of, the message, the underlying mm. tones of it yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. It, it, was, it was really one of the films that I was not expecting yeah, to, enjoy to as much. love, yeah. but it was there. You know, yeah, great pick, actually. I mean, I actually really, really liked Candyman. Mm. But I guess, like you said, I did have a great with it that kind of mm. takes we, away from we, the... We can maybe mention it if we do like a horror yeah, episode. I would love to go into it at one yeah. time. But, um, what was yours? I was, I was going to ask on Oh, oh well, that's 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 like okay. yours. So like my issue is I've been basically catching up on a bunch of movies and I don't know uh-huh. which ones were released on 2021 and which ones were 2020. And I just... It's a big, big old mess, but... Uh, if you're going to say Titanic, you're a few years out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was going to say, uh, having like having actually checked your website uh, reminded yeah. me, uh, Lewis, about a bunch of films that I wanted to watch when I saw them come out. And again, with everything that's been going on, I completely forgot about. And one of those that was really, really impactful and I absolutely adored this year was uh, The Green Knight. Oh, Love the Green Knight. Don't know if it came it. out twenty twenty. Seen it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it uh, pr- probably came out twenty twenty, didn't it? It was a twenty. No, it was a twenty twenty one. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. Uh, that's um, one that uh, again it made. I don't know. It's a it's a really slow movie, but it never felt slow to me. Uh, it absolutely. Really? It, oh, okay. No, okay. I, don't I know mean, it mean. is quite slow when it comes to like mm. yeah. Come on, compare it to other types of films like. Uh, not a lot happens in the amount of time that it I guess takes I, in, you know? Maybe I guess in the editing, it's not yeah. like... It's not but it doesn't feel slow. 
it feels contemplative. It feels mm. insightful. And it's one of those films that I'm still thinking about after having watched yeah. it. Uh, it is... I actually um, went into visual effects. But yeah. See the Green Knight, it was made for $15 million. Really? And the visual effects are absolutely brilliant. That is incredible. So that much is better than this. We, 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 we do have great well, have extremely large budgets yeah. yes. but it seems to have very bad CGI yeah. uh, you know the problem with that like I, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely uh, no it's not even time it's a question of the directors uh, working mm-hmm. through the film knowing about visual effects or not because the thing with visual effects they're not magic uh, it mm-hmm. takes a long time to do things and there's a way of doing it to make it easier for the post-production crew there's ways of shooting things with having those kind of things in, t- not in, in mind. Again, it's a, I mean, it is kind of a question in time. If you had infinite time, then you could do anything. But yeah. uh, directors that work with visual effects that don't, don't understand visual effects uh, make it way harder for any sort of uh, visual effects houses to actually get those, uh, those things done in post-production, you know? So then it's a question of, oh, we only have this amount of time and this is a really hard shot to do because you haven't given us anything. So it means that uh, it, it looks like crap no matter how much they pay, <laughs> you know? Uh, um, and for me, yeah, like, that's, no. a, that's a thing with, like, uh, lower-budget directors. Uh, I believe the, the director of Green Knight did a bunch of, like, indie stuff way before <laughs> and... It shows. It really shows. They know how to use the limited amount of resources they have in a proper way. You know, there's a lot of thought put into every shot. So I'm sure they actually gave a lot of what they, the VFX people needed because the effects in that movie are glorious. Like, oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I too, would have given it a Best Picture nomination. Too. I would have yeah, given that, yeah. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a 2020 movie. That's why it wasn't. No, then that is definitely a snubbed film for me. Uh, yeah. Definitely over Nightmare Alley, like, he, by a long shot. Yeah. There's there's one film hmm. that I'm just going to quickly suggest. Yeah. I kind of now think about why didn't it get a Best Picture. Hmm. Well, Bond. No, you, you know, hmm. I love No Time to Die. I know. I love that film. I just, I just <laughs> think of it. Well, being a, a runner for best picture. I have issues I guess when it with, comes to with, with it because I didn't love it as much. Not really... I mean, you didn't yeah. love it? I didn't love it as much as I wanted to. I didn't hate it. But... See, I went in not expecting to like it because I just saw Spectre. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Spectre's terrible. Out, I came mm-hmm. out going, yeah. that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, it was an honorable mention on my top 10 of yeah. 2021. And I'll stay with West Side Story, to be fair. I but, really um, liked what they no did thing, with, oh, with... I loved it. I really like what they did with the plot. I just really don't like the villain. I think that was a waste of a villain. See, that's the thing for me. I genuinely couldn't care less about the villain because for me, it's not about the villain at all. I know, I, mean, I know, but in recent years, I know, but at the same the time, mm-hmm. the fact that the villain was even in there bothered me. Uh, I don't know why. It's just mm-hmm. there's something about it that just feels a bit bloated because the actual point of the film was something, and then mm-hmm. there was a lot of classical Bondy stuff kind of muddling yep. the point yeah. of the film for me. So, like, for me, it was just, too Bond thought... to be good, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But at the same time, it was trying not to be Bond, and it was trying to question all the tropes and uh, years of just baggage that the actual Bond movies have. And that part I absolutely uh-huh. loved and appreciated a lot in the writing. I don't know. It felt subversive, but, like, it, dr- it was still dragging the corpse of co- uh, of just, like, Bond behind it, you know? It's very great. I just I, I think it's a brilliantly yeah I guess emotional blockbuster is what I'd describe yeah, it as yeah it's something that 
takes its characters and takes what it's um, saying very seriously, yeah. but also having very, you know, Im- impeccably well shot and oh, real. Definitely. I'm going to because that's really yeah. important to me. <laughs> real looking action sequences. Oh yes, yeah. yes, 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 phenomenal. Yes, they do. Um, but I guess I can see why it wouldn't be nominated for best picture, even yeah. though I think it's literally everything a blockbuster film should be. Yeah. Wait, wait. Um, moving on, your best pick of 2021. What my favorite film yeah. was? Yeah, Lewis. Yeah, we've gone for our two. I think it's fair. <laughs> well, because I said in my list it was Sound of Metal. Yeah, but that technically is, was Wait, a Best but... Picture nominee. Well, they, they, they need to be your best because technically Candyman wasn't my favorite. Yeah, well, it wasn't, it wasn't okay. my top Another one. one it was a standout one for me. Exactly, Green Knight wasn't well, my favorite. One... It just I just really really was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Um, it's actually got a lot of the Baftas hmm. and. So is the lead actress, and um, it's this film called After Love. Mm. And After Love is basically about this woman who's just lost her husband, mm. and after his death, has suddenly found out he had he lived a completely different life to what she knew. Mm. And but who's the uh, what's the actress's name again? Just trying to think. Joanna Scanlon, mm. I think, should have got a Best Actress nomination because she. Is so brilliant in this film, and it's it's a film that kind of makes you question about, you know, do you actually know Anyone. the closest person yeah. to you? Yeah. How well do you actually know someone, and the effects of these revelations, how that would cause, I guess, a mental, you know, fracturing in mm. someone once they find out these revelations that they just cannot believe is true. Yeah. And it's it's brief as well. I think it's only like hundred hundred ten minutes. Okay. And it's very character focused and it's just, oh, I just loved it. I, I, I was a complete surprise for me. I went in because it got some good reviews and yeah, I was like, yeah. you know what? This sounds quite interesting. And I was just, I was floored. Yeah. Loved it. It was, it was what I gave my number 10 to. Yeah. That was thank great. You. Oh, that's, that's good. Well, I mean, that's, that's for everything. <laughs> yeah, that's been <laughs> covered a lot of ground here. Thank you. Well, Lewis, do you want to plug anything? Uh, I know this is going on. I want to plug your, anything. I mean, this um, is going on I in your website, right? You, yeah, just my website, yeah, I guess. Okay, That's yeah. all I can plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no um, sponsors, sadly. <laughs> yet. Not, not, not um, this episode yet, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess if you want to you see some reviews of mine or uh, do you stay in the, the, the pop culture loop, yes, you can. Um, go visit unwantedopinions.net, uh, my own personal website um, that, you know, I just do for fun, um, just to sort of speak my mind on films because I'm obnoxious, I guess. <laughs> but um, you gotta tell I just want to thank my... Oh, sorry, what? you got to tell someone. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I, I, you know, I've got to get out of there. Um, <laughs> right, so I just want to thank you guys, uh, Gonzalo and uh, Kyle. Yeah. Thanks for being with me here. And well, um, I hope to do this again next week. Yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah. I mean, we'll hopefully have some sort of social media that can... Yes, so absolutely. We still got to set things up. Going out yeah. Yet. Yeah. So we need to figure that out. But no, yeah, this is a rough pilot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you very much, guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. Okay. Thank you. Bye.